Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. My friend, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show here, episode 698. And in today's episode, I'm going to feature a podcast interview, the recording of an interview where I was the guest on a podcast called Dad of Ages with my friend and client, Daniel Whitworth. I'll share that with you in just a moment. It's going to be incredibly powerful because in this conversation, he brought up a topic that I don't talk a lot about in public content, and that is my own experience as a father to my children. I I mean, Stephanie and I talked about it for a decade in Family from the Heart and stuff like that, but not at the level of what was pulled out of this conversation. And also, my experience with my two dads, and that'll become evident what that means in this conversation that I'm about ready to share with you. But before I do that, I want to share with you an email that I just got from Sean. He recently purchased the free The Dream online course, which you can find over at freethedreamcourse.com or my website at cliffravenscraft.com. Anyway, he had made this purchase and he had some questions about his access, how long he would be able to access it and all this other stuff. I answered his questions and I said, hey, I have two questions for you. Number one, how did you discover me? And number two, what made you decide to purchase this course? And here's what he wrote back. He said, and by the way, I do have permission from Sean to share this with you. He said, I first heard about your work late last year when I discovered Grant Baldwin's How'd You Get Into That podcast. The episode in question was episode 61, and it was produced in 2014. He says, I'm what you would call a late adopter. So anyway, here I was almost a decade ago, a guest on this podcast, and then late last year, he discovered that interview. So he's been following me ever since. He says, as far as why did I purchase Free the Dream online course, he says, if I may be frank, I'm tired of the nine to five rat race. I'm a fiction writer, and I have yet to establish my career. Despite my best efforts, I also want to create a course on fiction writing to share my God-given gift. Unfortunately, I grew up with a lot of negative belief systems and self-talk, which have carried over into my adult life. Of course, this is something that your course addresses, as well as the fact that you have been involved with so many different industries and have made them all work for you. It's almost as if you have the Midas touch. Whereas I've co-owned a business, hosted a podcast, and did everything I could to promote my author brand, only to fail in all of these endeavors. The reality is you have the insight, the mindset, 
the belief systems, and everything else to help you succeed. That's what I want. I thought it would be a good course for my wife because I believe she has a lot of unrealized goals. I want to help her discover them. I suspect that I too have goals that I haven't even thought of yet. And then he said, I, ho- I know that it's a lengthy reply, but thank you for asking. And of course, I wrote back and I want to share with you. I said, wow, thank you for sharing all of this. I guess maybe in some ways I can understand how you would perceive that I have the Midas touch, but I didn't always. I'm sure you figured that out as soon as you finished watching the first session in the course. And by the way, I happen to know that he's only watched the first session so far. So I continued on in my email. Through this course, you're going to learn so many valuable tools and techniques that helped me develop the mindset the beliefs, and also the supporting emotional states that have allowed me to consistently move towards the realization of my dreams regardless of how many things fail along the way. Also, the most important part is that not everything has to succeed for me to quote-unquote feel fulfilled or at peace. Once I discovered this, There is so much less stress and pressure on quote-unquote making things happen. Once I stopped forcing my way, I found that things began to flow easily as I stopped sweating the small stuff and realized that it's all small stuff. I hope you and your wife enjoy the course. And he gave me permission to share this wording with you. And I'm thrilled that I did that. And not only is that an adequate way to give you an idea, do you resonate with what Sean has shared? And if so, you might also want to check out this Free the Dream course over at freethedreamcourse.com. But more importantly, if you're hearing this in April 2020, right as I'm releasing this, In two weeks from today, as I'm recording it, you can join me for the very first ever workshop version, live event of the Free the Dream message. Now, we've done this as Free the Dream conference for two years in 2018 and 2019. Big, huge, massive production, over $65,000 each year spent in making that thing happen the way that it happened. But now, We're putting it together now that we're past the pandemic. Still, we know that conferences have just a third or even a quarter of the attendances they had prior to the pandemic. So we're not ready to bring the conference back yet, but we're doing these small, intimate gatherings, workshop experiences for this Free the Dream message. And I would encourage you, go ahead, sign up for the workshop. And by the way, I realize you might be listening to this after April 13th and 14th, 2023, Still, go to freethedreamworkshop.com. There'll be many more of these workshops in the future. But if you purchase, if you hear my voice, if you're hearing my voice right now, and you purchase a ticket to the Free the Dream Workshop, you send me an email, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com, and ask me, say, hey, Cliff, I listened to episode 698 of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I've signed up for the workshop. I'd like free access to the Free the Dream online course, and I will grant that access for you. All right. Anyway, wanted to share all of that, and now here is this incredibly powerful conversation 
that I had with Daniel Whitworth in his Dad of Ages podcast, and I felt halfway through, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to share this message with the world, and here it is right now. All right, here we are again with another awesome Dad of Ages interview with fellow Dad of Ages, Cliff Ravenscraft. So Cliff is actually a a new friend of mine, relatively new, but also I would call him a coach of mine, a mentor, someone I'm learning a lot from. And he, if you don't know who he is, he's formerly the podcast answer man. I guess he still is technically, but he's also the mindset answer man. And he has a lot of words of wisdom, but he's also a dad, just like me and just like many of you. And so that's why I wanted him on the show. And so uh, that's everyone. Welcome, Cliff. Cliff, how are you doing today, buddy? Daniel, I have never been better, and it gets better every single millisecond of the day. And I'm honored that to be here. That is awesome. And I, yeah, I knew you would say that. I love that Cliff always says that whenever I ask him how he's doing. And you know what? He means it. He means it. So I do mean it. Anyway, Cliff. Yeah. So Cliff, you're on here today to talk about dad stuff. So tell me about your family. Sure. Well, I'll start off with the most important part of my family, and that is my beautiful wife, who has Mm -hmm. been my partner in this experience and this journey for more than 26 years now that we've been married. Awesome. And we have three, let's say, responsible young adults It was sometime after Megan was born that we made a decision that we were not going to raise kids. We were not, that was just the whole idea of raising kids is not what we are about. Instead, we were going to raise responsible young adults who contribute to society in a positive way. The world has enough adult kids out there. So we want responsible Uh young adults. And we have three of them, by the way. So our Uh oldest, her name is Megan. She is, I think she just turned 24. Anyway, she is getting married in January. So we have our first wedding that we are planning. Recently graduated college just over a year ago. She's she's now in her dream job that she currently has on the path towards what I think is going to be some pretty exciting things as a wedding planner at some point in the future. And and I see the potential for full-time self-employment, but only if that's what she truly desires. So that's very cool. Our oldest, our middle child is our son. He is 22 years old. Out of high school, he... Did not want to go to college right away. Went and got a job at DHL. Worked there for, I think, a year and a half, maybe even two years. And then decided, Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe I miss school. I miss learning. Decided to go to college. And he went for one semester. And then after one semester, he's like, there's nothing here for me. I, this is this is crazy. He's like, I'd rather rather just go Uh out and figure out something else in this world than sit here for this. Because... He thought he was going to be a teacher, and he's like, okay, this is clearly not the path for me. And then he's like, I think I'm going to study to be a film student. And he's like, that's clear. And he's like, okay, I'm just wasting your guys' money, and I get it. He's getting ready to venture out into his own. He'll he'll be moving out probably by the end of this year. And then our youngest daughter is McKenna, and she is 17 years old. She is a senior in high school, although for the last two years, she has not attended high school at all. She's attended Northern Kentucky University because she's a straight A student and she's done what's called dual enrollment. She spends all of her time at at the university for her classes. 
she'll graduate with, get this, a 4.8 GPA, which 4.0 is the 4. highest. 8. Yeah, she will graduate <laughs> okay. with a 4.8 GPA. She's about 60 days from graduation. And this summer, this fall, I should say, she'll go to Western Kentucky University, same school that our other two had gone to. And when she enters her first year at Western Kentucky University after graduating high school, she'll be in the middle of her junior year of college. Awesome. So those are my three (laughs) responsible young adults. Yeah, definitely. I can tell you're very proud of them and that's, that's great. And not too long from being uh, what they call an empty nester, I suppose, for, you know, no uh, young adults living in your own home, right? <laughs> yeah, but we still have this little pup. His name is Leo. And so, uh, okay. so there's, there's still is like, I was thinking, it's like, okay, these, these guys are getting out of the house. It's just going to be Stephanie and uh-huh. I. It's like, ah, oh, the places we could travel. Let's go to visit New Zealand. Let's go to Scotland. Uh-huh. Let's, let's go to Greece. I'd like to visit thailand and japan yeah i'd like to go to all these amazing places and well we've got a little pup he's he's about two or three years old now and so uh stephanie's probably going to be tethered here for quite some time Uh, oh yeah still got a mouth to feed right we still have a mouth to feed (laughs) in some ways it seems like this little guy is more expensive than our other three you know, pets can be that way yeah. for sure. Fortunately for us, uh, we do not currently have a pet. We have six kids, but no pets. And I'm like, maybe when they're all grown up, we'll have a pet again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but okay, Cliff, cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, sounds like awesome. Again, I don't want to call them kids because you don't call them. I'll call my kids kids because that's what they're, I know. They're but, my you know, kids. They're my children. It's it's not that I don't go out of my way to. It's, I, it's, it, yeah. I, they are my kids. They are my children. The key emphasis is that we didn't raise kids. I actually really appreciate that. I I know that uh, some of the books I've read talk about that. You're right. There is like an epidemic of like grown up kids. They stay kids. And a lot of that is because of the way the parents think about them. They think about them as kids, children all the way into adulthood. Yeah. So one good point. Just I know we're going to go out of out of. But since we're on this topic, what does that mean? Yeah, go ahead. To not raise kids for us. And what did that look like? Well, number one, it meant if our kids ask us a question, we're going to tell them the truth. How do babies get born? Well, we used, mm-hmm. we didn't use Heine and, you know, all the, yeah. we use anatomically correct, anatomically correct yeah. language. Yeah, we do the same thing. Nicole's a nurse. Like, we use yeah. the right words. I guess so yeah. it's like, this is what's going on. <laughs> this is what happens, uh-huh. you know. And so here, here we have toddlers who are four and six years old talking about the sexual process of reproduction with their preschool <laughs> yeah. classmates, you know, and we're yeah. getting calls and it's like, like yeah, what? It, this is real yeah. stuff. I mean, it, 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 I can't help it. Your kids don't know how this stuff works. There's <laughs> um, right. the, the other thing is we made a commitment and to, again, not to not lie. So that means that we never told them about a guy who wears a red suit that comes once a year at the end of the year, yeah. comes down to yeah. the chimney. It's like, no, that's not how this works. You know, your mom and yeah. I, we once a year celebrate this season and we are the ones who have purchased those gifts for Mm -hmm. you and stuff like that. But here's why you might want to not break the illusion for your friends. And so the other thing that we did is we never talked to our kids. So it's like, okay, well, let's not do that. Okay. So here's what you need to know. 
And mm-hmm. we never spoke like that because I would never speak to, I would never speak that way to another adult. Yeah. And yeah. so we've mm-hmm. spoken to our children from the time they were toddlers and could speak. We spoke to mm-hmm. them as we would any of our adult friends. I mean, we spoke with reason that they could understand at their language, but still yeah. never in a tone that made them feel like they were inferior or less than and you know, we're we're the people with all of the answers and you're the one that just needs yeah. to be the sponge. It's like the and the other thing that is very interesting is that we allowed our children to challenge the things that we were teaching them, to challenge mm, the rules, mm-hmm. to challenge everything. That has been so incredibly powerful and rewarding to see that it's like, wait a second, you know, I because I said so is not yeah. an appropriate response for me, Cliff Ravenscraft, to give to my children. It was a cop-out. It's like, no, why did I tell you so? It, actually, I did right. actually say, because I told you so. Well, why did you tell me so? And I'm saying, uh-huh. that's, a, that's a really great question. Let <laughs> me a get, fair question. Let yeah. me get back to you on that, because I don't even know if I have an answer right now. And these are the, right, and right. this is the dialogue that I would have with a 7-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 13-year-old. Yeah. Now, before we get into more dad stuff, I do want to make sure you get a chance to, to plug your own business. So tell us about what kind of work you do and anything you'd like to say about that. Hmm, the work that I do, I help people experience radical shifts in the way that they perceive and experience life. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a guy who just applied for one-on-one coaching with me. And he says, Cliff, I absolutely need your help. About three years ago, I grew my business to $1.2 million in revenue. Everything was going great. I thought I had achieved all the pinnacles of success. Everything that the world has taught me that, that it should lead to a fulfilling life, I had mm-hmm. it all. And then things started to slide a little bit financially, and now I'm only making $600,000 a year, and I'm depressed, I am overwhelmed with stress, I have no peace, I can't sleep at night. And by the way, his situation is such that he could he could get by. I mean, it's like 600,000 yeah. is nothing to sneeze at. This would be that's, a dream come true decent. for a lot of people. And the reality <laughs> yeah. is, is it doesn't matter. I actually have clients I have one client who has a net worth in millions. And this person, when they first started working with me about 13 years ago, had the same exact situation. Oh, I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. with stress. I have no peace. I have There's really no fulfillment in what I'm doing. And this person never yeah. has to work another day in their life if they don't want to. There is nothing material that I couldn't have, but right. there's an aching in my soul and I don't know what it yeah. is. And today mm-hmm. this person is experiencing joy. And, and th- if this person lost everything and owned yeah, nothing and was in debt to the federal government for $750 million, this person would still have as much peace, joy, love, and abundance. And in fact, mm-hmm. that's another, I have some clients for various different reasons. Some of them failed business partnerships where the partner embezzled the money out of the thing, an employee embezzled Mm. money, or hired somebody, didn't oversee things. I have three different clients who either owe the IRS $100,000 all the way up to $7.5 million. Wow. And they Mm -hmm. are all filled with joy, well, today, have joy, peace, 
fulfillment. Mm-hmm. They have plenty of time with their spouses. They're fully present when they're with their kids. They don't sweat the small stuff, and they've come to understand finally that it's all small stuff. That's what I do professionally. That's a really good description of it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Cliff. And I, I know I'm learning from you and I've joined uh, your coaching as well. And I'm getting to that point. So I certainly appreciate what you do. And well, let's get back to dad stuff. So the first question I like to ask when talking about dad stuff, we've already covered some of it, but we'll cover it again, is like, I like to ask about your own father. Because I know for me personally, I didn't grow up with a dad and that has shaped me as a dad. And it's it's our own father has a, I think a profound impact on how we are as men and as fathers in general. And so I think it's a pertinent question. So tell us about your relationship with your father. So which one? (laughs) That's part of the answer, isn't it? It's like, so what's, so, so, okay. You're, 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 let's put it this way. The guy who is your earthly father, let's put it that way. (laughs) Well, no, that actually that, no, I mean, which one of those I have two. So, oh, okay, 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 yeah. So here's what I want to talk about. I have my, I, I'm going to say biological dad, but when I say biological mm-hmm. dad, I don't want to refer that I didn't have a meaningful relationship with him. He was my dad, he was my father, and I loved him. He loved me. So in all ways, he is my father. He is my dad, or was, in, well, and is. And we could get into that even if you want to, or stay away from it. It's perfectly yeah. fine with me. So there's my biological dad. The only reason I'm going to call him my biological dad is because my dad today was my stepdad from the time I was either five or six years old. He became my stepdad. As a content creator, I'm sitting there just like, okay, so I'm telling you a story about an experience I just had with my dad, and then I'm talking about a different story about it, and it's like, right. it's like your dad sounds like he's got multiple personalities. No, it's just two different dads, because <laughs> I called them people, both yeah. dad. So my biological dad passed away in 2015. I think it was about a year and a half, two years after that, my stepdad said, hey, would you be interested in if I were to offer to adopt you? My stepdad became my official adopted. So I, I'm an, I'm an adopted, dad, yeah. I'm an adopted child and I became an adopted child in my forties, which is funny That's and awesome. crazy. I said, yes, I would love that. I would be honored. The only thing is, is would it be weird for you if I told you I want to keep my last name? I don't want to change. I mean, I, I've, I've got a brand recognition with millions of people yeah. around the world as Cliff Ravenscraft. And also, yeah. <laughs> I love my dad and I and I want to stay true to that authentically. I just don't want to change my name. And he says, no worries. Yeah. So, so I have two. Where to go with this one? I'll start with my biological dad since, you know, I started out mm-hmm. with him. One of the things to know about him is that he was a drug addict and an alcoholic from the day I was born all the way up until when he died in May of 2015. During the first five years of my life, to say that I was introduced to some pretty traumatic experiences, it's an understatement. One of my earliest memories as a child is I'm a toddler. I I have no idea how old I was. What happened was I recall as a little toddler, my dad and all of his male friends hanging out on whatever drugs they're on. I don't know. All I know is they they were acting funny. And I, you know, I've been able to see it in memories. All I remember is looking down the steps. And there's a door that was open. And it had a screen door. And I could see the sun. And it's like I wanted to go outside and play. It was a sunny day. 
and I began to walk towards it. My earliest memory is one of my dad's friend had a large, incredibly sharp knife. He held it to my neck, and he said, "He said, if you walk one step closer to that door, I'll slit your throat. So Dang. that is one of my earliest memories of my childhood. And then, wow. Wow. yeah, so there was situations where my uncle and my dad were hanging out with a bunch of their friends, and he passed away from a drug overdose. There's a story of guns being held to people's heads. I mean, all sorts of fun, exciting things for a toddler to experience with his dad. Now, the crazy thing is, is that when my stepdad became my dad and my mom left and divorced my biological dad, it's like I, I mean, I literally jumped into a parallel universe no yeah like yeah. you know they talk, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's it, i'm living in a different world it, it's yeah. like what is this world i i do not understand playgrounds i do not understand i, I what, what what is camping and and what what is this what is this i mean i i just don't <laughs> understand this I live in this chaotic, and that of course that was my environment. It's like this, no, I yeah, you didn't I, know this, it this is different. What, yeah. This is what life is supposed to be, and then I'm exper- and so I'm confused about what what life is, what this world is. It was a difficult transition. Quite frankly, I was mm-hmm. angry that he took me away from my dad and 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 took yeah. my mom away from my dad. I'm like, what the heck is all this stuff about? So this is my childhood, and then over time, you know, my my mom obviously didn't want me to be influenced by my dad. But at the same time, she's like, listen, it's going to be, as I was getting older, you know, seven or eight or nine, I wanted to be my, with my dad. I didn't know why yeah. it was wrong. for. It's like, listen, this, this is no big deal. And so there were times that I would, you know, my mom's like, listen, I'm not going to force you to not have a relationship with your dad. But let me just tell you, it's not safe for you. It's not this. And But <laughs> there were times when my dad was more able to have experiences with me and, and stuff like that. And there were times when, you know, all throughout my life where, you know, it, it it's like, no, you, you're not going with him this weekend or mm. any time ever again. Uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> So I had this on again, off again relationship with my biological dad. And when I became a young adult, when I was 17 years old, I was invited to go on a cruise with him. And it's the first time it's like, okay, listen, I, my mom's like, listen, at this point, you're almost yeah. an adult. You're going to make your own decisions. And I'm not going to try to sway you one way or another about your dad. That You're at a place now where you're, you're responsible for whether or not you want to hang out with him. Well, I went on this week-long cruise with him and it was the worst experience i had never Mm. been so embarrassed to be in the presence of another human being and the way that he treated people and all night long all there was was just the sound of puking in a bathroom it is it was just and i resolved from that moment i hate this man Mm. i want nothing to do with him I can't wait to get off this ship. And and that began our adult that my adult relationship with my father. Interestingly enough, though, this is just a confession of who I was at the time. The one thing is, is that my dad was my dad, and I knew that he desired to do things for me. And quite frankly, and and you know, there I don't by the way, today 
this guy you're talking to right now, I experience zero guilt. I experience zero shame. I refuse to go all the way down to those levels of consciousness. Guilt and shame is just not within my ability to experience today. But all the way up until his death, I experienced tons of guilt and shame. And the reason why is because from the time I was 18 until uh, pretty much until we had children, until Megan was born, I only ever wanted anything to do with my dad because there was the chance that he might help me get something that I want, whether that is if he wants Um, to give me money or if, you know, it's like, I'll never forget this time I had a cell phone carrier. Uh, and, you know, this is in the early days of cell phones. And they had this one bill and stuff like that. And there's like, Cliff, you, you owe us $1,000. And I'm like, listen, I'm 20 years old. I can't afford to pay you $1,000. This this is ridiculous. You This is not what it... And so, my dad being who my dad is, I knew that he could call and and there there's no limits to what he will say to them. And, and sure enough, <laughs> he, he got he knows how to get people on their phone and say, "Listen, you're going to do this or else this." And 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 he, uh-huh. he so so in essence, I kind of used my dad, and I only ever really did a lot. Of, it, it, this is what I'm. This was my. This is what I'm giving you is actually what I used to recall. None of what I'm telling you is actually accurate. I mean, the details are accurate, but my perception of my relationship with my dad is completely off. Anyway, in my mind, I hate my dad. There's never anything good about my relationship with my dad from the time I'm 17 on. The only way that I can... The only way, and it's only in looking back, and it's after his death. The only way that I'm able to maintain my ability to hate this man is by making sure that I repress all the memories of anything good that he had ever done and all the good th- attributes of who he was. So in my pick, yeah. in my mind, I would only allow myself, because here's the thing, I'm a Christian, and at, some, at one point, I'm a pastor for 10 years. So uh-huh. I'm an associate pastor in a church, and I hate my dad. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't really mix well. <laughs> exactly. So, And then when my kids were born, it got to the place where it's like, okay, he can't be a, the the things he does and says around my kids. Mm-hmm. Huh? No, 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 yeah. no, no. So we got to the place where for the, I, I, well, from gosh, what was that? When was Megan born? She was born in 1999. So from 1999 to 2015, the only times I ever saw my dad was during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Ironically, okay. I experienced significant depression from Thanksgiving through Christmas every single year. May have been Mm -hmm. correlated. Uh, Possibly. (laughs) And the only reason why is because of the amount of guilt and shame I had about how I felt about my dad being his only son and wanting nothing to do with him. And the fact that, you know, it took me until the, you know, the first week in January where I could forget that he exists uh-huh. I could repress the fact that he exists, except for occasionally he would call and leave a message and and he would leave like 18 voice messages in one day. Hey, I just wanted to check you in. You know, it's it's two o'clock. I just wanted to see how you're yeah. doing. Hey, it's it's 315. Just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. I love you. Just call me sometime. And and it would trigger another bout of depression. And I'd have, uh-huh. uh, it was. Yeah. So that's my relationship with my biological dad. He experienced some significant medical issues with heart. He had surgery. He he got to the place where he couldn't walk anymore. 
here we are in our business financially succeeding beyond measure, and we have this beautiful dream home that we built. It's got a guest room in the house with the whole bath attached to it, all this stuff. And the idea of my dad taking in my biological dad that's a non-starter. It's like, no. Yeah. Like, number one, he smokes. Number two, I don't like the guy. Number three, he's not getting. He's not living in this house, house with my kids. The amount of guilt and shame I felt about that and the fact that it's my second cousin who takes in my dad and cares for uh-huh. him for the remaining years of his life. Mm, yeah. Wow. You talking about some yeah. heavy stuff. That was way yeah. heavy on me. It was May of 2015. I go and visit him at this rehab center. He had just gotten out of some surgery, had some things. He had seen the behavioral unit for his craziness and all this other stuff. But now he's in this rehab place, and I go to visit him right before I'm on my way down to Nashville to do a triathlon. That day, he was being what he's always done. He was being really rude yeah. and nasty to everyone. He was being rude and nasty to me. And he was saying, oh, and it's like, hey, this is my son. And if you and, and he was saying really inappropriate things. And I like, listen, you know, I said, Dad, if you're gonna say these things, I don't want to be around you. I, I I can't I number one, I don't want you to treat me this way. And and I don't like how you're treating these people. I don't want to be around you when you're treating people this way. He goes, Well, why don't yeah. you just leave then? And uh-huh. though and he died that night. So oh, that yeah. that was that was my last final words. So yeah. to say that when he died, that I experienced a deep new low that I didn't think that I could experience, it was pretty profound. It took me a while just to get through all of that. Yeah. So I'll kind of leave that there for just a moment. Okay. And and I'll tell you about my stepdad. So my stepdad, I told you, you know, he's he's an incredible man and he's loved me from the time that he first met my mom. He's done nothing but provide the greatest that life has to offer. But I I didn't know I, I it was a hard adjustment. I refused I called him Jack for the first I don't know how long. It's like, listen, no, uh, I am not yeah. gonna call you dad. That is not happening. You're Jack, you know, and, and yeah. all this stuff. But he dealt with it. He put up with it. And eventually, I don't know where, but somehow, somewhere, some way, I eventually began to see him as my dad. He was a workaholic, but he's a provider. And he's like, listen. And and he was also very disciplinarian, but not disciplinarian in in an overly harsh way. I mean, I he, he grew up with a, a his dad was a major in the Marines. So oh, he, yeah, yeah. He, he grew up with some <laughs> discipline. And so I'm sure yeah. I had it nothing like he did. But there, you know, there was some spanking right. and some stuff like that involved every now and then. But mm-hmm. not not it was not overly aggressive and quite frankly it worked well on me. Um yeah, and, and yeah. stuff. But <laughs> The thing is, though, is that he had very high standards of ethics. You know, it's like, listen, I asked mm-hmm. you to do this. You're going to do this. And when you say you're going to do something, you don't and you don't do it half. But you, you, you do it the right way and go back and redo it. And so he had and, you know, we didn't do a we, when we went on vacations, we went on vacation, but we didn't go on vacation a lot. Because he worked all the time. He's providing. We struggled a lot financially for the first 
probably 10 years that he was married to my mom. And then eventually one day he took over the family business. His, his dad started an insurance agency in 1937. He took it over. And when he took it over, all of a sudden financially everything changed. As far as I'm concerned, it's like, wow, a dark, daddy war books is now my dad. Oh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. But at this time, uh-huh. at this time, I'm already, I don't know how old I am at the time. Maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. I've got a little sister, and she's seven years younger than me. The only thing I know is that I'm still on the I'm still on the edge of I'd love to have this mini bike. I'd love to have this, and he's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Whereas my sister, who wants things that are less expensive, you know, gets everything yeah. she wants. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. so so I'm still I'm still <laughs> on the verge of that. And then let's move into when I'm a teenager. I'm 16 years old. My dad buy my mom and dad buy me a car, and it's like a two thousand dollar jalopy, right? You know, yeah, but, yeah. but they but they buy me a car. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for it myself. Then seven years later, just to give you an idea how things were shifting financially for them, seven years later, my yeah. do- my sister uh, turns 17, and her first car is a brand new, right off the showroom floor <laughs> Mustang convertible. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Mustang yeah. convertible. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh-huh. So, and then, by the way, I have a I have a little brother who is eight years younger than my sister. So do the math on that. Was that 15 years oh, younger yeah, than that's me? A, quite a spread. Yeah. This kid, my little brother, uh-huh. dude, is like, <laughs> he, he's, he, he's, he doesn't ask. He's like, listen, you're getting me this. I want this. I want this. I want this. And I want it. And this is the date I need it by. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and every everything. <laughs> wow. So, but but the in a way, I'm so incredibly thankful. I am so yeah. incredibly thankful for all of the things that my mom and my stepdad, and now my dad, did not provide for me, did not give right. to me. That all the things that I had to work for. I there's so much of that discipline that I'm thankful. I'm thankful for oh, the yeah. work ethic. There's so many aspects of that that I did not like back then and I resented yeah, before. As far as I'm yeah. concerned, my my stepdad, my dad, he has been an incredible father. Just nothing, nothing whatsoever in my mind could I give you as any negative aspect that I would want to share with you about my dad. And I don't even consider him being a workaholic to be a negative aspect. It's just a part of his yeah. system of life and his system just of belief. Yeah. And that's just who mm-hmm. he is. And in spite of that, he provided me a great life and, and and all this other stuff. So, and by the way, today me and my dad, we have the most amazing. So, oh, by the way, I went and worked, started working for him and my mom in the family business in yeah. 1996, worked there for 12 years. I was next in line to take over the insurance agency. And if I wouldn't have left, I would own the agency now because he retired just about three or four years ago. Yeah. And I'd be making about 1.5 to $2 million a year. I'd be miserable <laughs> in, in the most yeah, soul-sucking career of my life, <laughs> yeah. but I'd be financially yeah. successful. Um, Money does not buy happiness. That's no, right. it does not. So, <laughs> it helps a little. So anyway, so that's my relationship with my dad. And when I, when I, okay. went, to, when I went to leave the insurance agency to pursue my own full-time self-employment career in 2008, 
when I went to giving my notice, I thought for sure this is going to be the one time my dad's going to like, listen, there's no way. Do you know what's ha- what's happening in the financial world here in, two th- in late 2007? Do you not see what the, do you not know what a gift you have here? This is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to talk me out of leaving. He, goes, he said to me instead, this is what my stepdad, my now dad said. This is what he said to me, because, man, I've been waiting for months for you to come in and tell me that you're ready to leave. Ah, he said, wow. he goes, I am uh-huh. so excited for you. I And I uh-huh. just want to say, man, the courage it takes for you to make this decision and come and tell me about this. I'm so proud of you. He says, I, first and foremost, I just want to let you know, you could always come back here. If it doesn't work out, you always have a place here. But I just want to let yeah, you know, well. you'll never come back because mm-hmm. I know what your passion <laughs> is for what you want to do. This is your gifting. This is your talent. And it may not be easy and you may not have a easy way of seeing how this is going to work out. But you know how much money you could make here owning this agency. And I mm-hmm. will tell you right now, you'll never be able to make as much money here as you will going and pursuing what you feel most called to do in this world. Yeah, that's what no, my that's dad agreed. said to me. And now he's yeah, that's a great dad he, statement. Wow. He's 72 years old and we just went to a Leo Sayer concert this past week and it was awesome. So we, we, we have and by the way, he's retired for a couple of years now and he still works uh-huh. two or three days a week at the insurance uh-huh. agency. Yeah. Can't stop. You right? can't stop, yeah. uh-huh. which, which is great. As a matter of fact, I, it's part part of that is my actual coaching. I actually coached him on that. I said, okay. listen, I, okay. I said, Dad, I, I've, I've done too much study of careers and retirement and what happens when people retire. I said, here, here are the signs to look out for. And he says, Cliff, gosh, after nine months of being retired, I started to see the signs and I can understand why people actually pass away within a few years uh-huh. of retirement. And he goes, I'm going back. I'm going to work a couple of days a week. And I said, that's awesome. Yeah. Dad. I, you got, cause my, my suggestion for him, I said, you've got to find something you, you, you can't, yeah. you can't, this has been so much a part of who you are. You have to do something. So, yeah. But, yeah, mo- just but most of his that, life, yeah. he was taught that you're going to work until mm-hmm. your retirement age, you're going to sell, and you're going to enjoy life, and you're going to do all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, Dad, they lied to you. Yeah. I said, I, th- yeah. I've i been coaching people for the last 10 years. I have people who are 78 years old and 82 years old, and they're hiring yeah. me to help them figure out what they want to do next in life or work. Yeah. <laughs> Not because they need it yeah. financially. Right. No, that's, that's beautiful. No, thank you for sharing all that about your, your dads for sure. You kind of seen the, the two sides in a lot of ways of like having not a great dad, not a great dad experience. Well, I put it that not a great dad experience. So the perception, a great dad experience. So, yeah. so actually what I had is the perception of a not great dad experience and the perception of a great dad experience. By the way, only one right. of them I consider to be true, and that is the fact that my my dad, who is seventy two years old, my step who who became my stepdad and now my adopted dad, that perception I consider to be true. My perception of everything I told you about my relationship with my biological dad is a falsehood. It is okay. It is a complete and utter lie, and it okay. was a lie that my subconscious mind created. 
so that I could proceed with my hatred of my father and my selfishness right. and everything else. Right. Well, and but what you've I, since learned. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So after my dad died and within actually uh, within the last five years, I've experienced some pretty miraculous things. And one of them happened one night when I was going to uh, laying in bed, wanting to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I am literally no longer in my body. I am not in mm-hmm. my bed. I'm not in my body. I am traveling through space and time having what I would call today a metaphysical experience. Now, this one is an experience where all of a sudden, I am literally flashing to all these different scenes within my childhood. And every single scene has one thing in common, me and my dad. And this went on, if you can imagine, it's like I'm. It, it's like a flash and I'm in that memory. I, it's like I'm there. I'm the little kid, yeah. little version of me with my dad. And all of a sudden I'm there and it's like maybe five to seven or eight minutes worth of that scene is being played in front yeah. of me, but it's not being played in front of me. I'm experiencing it. Wow. So imagine eight minutes of that experience within 10 seconds. So I'm literally experiencing minutes within seconds. And then it flashes and another one. And then it flashes and another one. This went on for two to three hours. Wow. And every amazing experience I ever had with my biological dad, every incredibly profound, amazing thing he ever did for me, all the sacrifices that he made, all of them were unleashed unlocked and were allowed to flood back into my being. Wow. That's amazing. And then I will just share with you in January of 2021 on my birthday, January 20th, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, that's a little too early. I think I'll wait till uh-huh. at least three 30 in the morning. And I had a habit of getting up at three or four, three 30 or four o'clock in the morning at the time. One o'clock was a little too soon for me. So I went back to sleep, but I didn't go back to sleep. However, I did have another one of these metaphysical out-of-body experiences. I'm not in my body. I'm not in my bed. I'm not. Instead, I'm someplace else, and my dad comes, and he's wearing like this white robe, and his face is shining like gold. He's got his reddish hair. And it's uh-huh. and it's got a glow like a halo around it. And the crazy thing is, is he has those crazy sunglasses that he was wearing on the cruise the entire week <laughs> where we were on this cruise. So it's it's he's got these crazy sunglasses, and he comes to me. And here's the interesting thing: in this dream, my dad and I spent three and a half days together. He came to wish me a happy birthday. He came to talk to me. He came, And here's the thing. For three and a half days, we never spoke audibly to one another. There was no need. It's just whatever I thought he heard, whatever he thought I heard. And 
Uh-huh. Just, and and I'm like, there. The the beginning was, I'm so sorry, Dad. For and he and he cut me off, and he's like, no. Just like in the parable of the prodigal son, the he yeah. went to go apologize, and he's like, no need. It's like we're celebrating. Yeah, yeah. And then he he says, and he says, I want to. I said, Dad. I, I, I get it. No, I understand. I totally appreciate. If I were given the fact that your parents died when you were a teen, you you had these experiences, you had this situation where you got in trouble with the law, you were put into the military, uh-huh. introduced, I can see exactly how I could have lived the exact lifestyle that you did. I have begun to see just how much you gave to me. You always did the, and he's, and we embraced and we spent three and a half hours to get, or I'm sorry, three and a half days together in this dream. It was real. I'm telling you, Daniel, it was more real than this conversation than you and I are having right now. It was more real than that. And then I woke up, I woke up at three 30 in the morning. So for two and a half hours, I spent three and a half days with my dad. And ever since then, me and my dad, my biological dad, I have the most incredible relationship with that man. That is amazing. I had a Uh, wonderful, I had a wonderful childhood with him from the time I was a toddler all the way up until 2015. He was an incredibly loving father who did everything with his, within his power to make sure that I had the life that I was able to experience, including encouraging my mom to marry my dad. Wow. Wow. That's a, it, it is amazing how, I think you bring up something there that I've often thought about is that how we as the offspring of our parents can't really know. I mean, without what you've been able to achieve, let's put it that way that without, without that, we can't really know what life was like for our parents before we were there, or even like when we were there. Cause when we're, when we're kids, we're not paying attention to their lives, right? You know, we're not really thinking about their motives, their challenges, any of those things, you know? And I think about that now, as I am a parent of young children, like they don't know the stuff I'm going through right now. They don't know the mindset work that I'm doing or the, the internal struggles and all that, that the, the day that I kind of get mad at them for the same thing that yesterday I wasn't mad at for, you know, they, they can't perceive all that now, but it would be nice. Kind of like what you've experienced. If that someday uh, they're able to actually be able to experience all that and see uh, the whys behind the, you know, the, the, the experience that they perceived as they, as they were growing up. So that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Very powerful cliff. And and thank you for sharing all that. So, like I said, that happened in January, 2021, and I've been studying countless hours every day since to figure out what in the heck these metaphysical, metaphysical experiences are and learning and studying from ancient traditions about all of this stuff. And, and this is the this is a a key component and a core of the work that I do as a mindset coach today. That's how I'm able yeah. to help people break free from their traumas of the past and their perceptions yeah. of what life is and and all of this other stuff. And the great news is I've been able to do it within the framework of people's existing beliefs about God. And uh, the uh, great yeah. news is that I'm able to do it with people who are at hardcore atheists or people from other religious traditions or anything. And it's, it's like, listen, I, I don't yeah. need you to change your your 
beliefs and perceptions of God, I have studied immensely all of the different paths. I study Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism. I haven't studied Muslim nearly as as much as I would like, but I haven't had any paid clients there yet. I now have two mm-hmm. Orthodox Jews, so I'm actually needing to study a, a lot more about specifically mm-hmm. what an Orthodox Jew believes and what that religious life is like. But this is what I do. is It's like, yeah. listen, I, I need to understand your language because I believe everyone was created by the creator and we mm-hmm. all have an experience of a union and connection with that creator and our traditions that we grew up in each each tradition has different language and a different way to explain what that is and so this is this is what i do that's that's what i love no cliff i i definitely appreciate that and i i, I very much look forward to our future sessions where you're helping me with these things so well, let's talk about a little bit more dad stuff if we got, right. we got a little bit of time left if you're cool with that yeah let's do something light i don't know if you do light actually but <laughs> do something light what would you say your favorite thing has been about being a dad Oh, my favorite thing, just just seeing the evolution of an infant learn how to interact with the world, starting all the way to watching first steps take place. That is just the most incredible mm-hmm. thing. I got to witness that three different times to watch my children learn how to walk upright. Yeah. That is a miracle. Uh-huh. One of my favorite things is to see children learn a language that is uh-huh. that is mind blowing to see my children learn how to read and how to write and how to interact with others that's been amazing i love seeing how each of my three children have the same parents but have three radically uh-huh. different distinct personalities it's just so incredible to see how each of them have become uniquely themselves within our family mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah. So those are, I mean, th- I could go on for the next yeah, hour. So I'll stop on there. On, yeah. <laughs> those are good things. And you know, that that is, I appreciate that you share that because it's easy to, it's kind of what you focus on. And I know for me, what I'm learning from you there is like, it, there's a lot of good in just watching them become them. You know, they're, they're, that's a very cool part of it. And I think for me, for the longest time, I've struggled with that. I wanted them to become me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> there's, there's a scripture that says, train the child in the way, or train the child the in, way the way, they should go, in the way, in the way that they should go. And I always uh-huh. interpreted that as like, well, I know the way they should go. I've learned all the hard lessons uh-huh. and I'm going to teach them how to go yep. the way that I learned to go. And I know the way they should go. I've heard, yeah. since learned, and I haven't studied the root words and stuff like this, but I've I've since heard from people that I respect that it's trained the child in the way that they are bent. Uh-huh. Have you heard this? I have not. So but it cha- makes more cha- sense. Change the chi- <laughs> train the child to go in the way that they are bent. So basically, uh-huh. train the child to find and navigate their path through this world given the Uh system of how the world works. But that child is unique. It is an individual soul and son or or daughter of God. And Uh train that child how to take their unique perception and perspective of life and to go and help them navigate their own way of being in the world with what you've learned. 
No, that, that, and since being a dad, I definitely, uh, I can see that as being way much more God's intent than, you know, train them in the way you think things should go. <laughs> well, and right. you think about this, yeah. how does God parent us? Yeah, we're all in unique. Uh, yeah, we and, all have and our he, own past. He lets us do all sorts of stuff. Let's let's be honest. We do yeah. really stupid stuff throughout our lifetime. Oh yeah. He created the universe in such a way that uh-huh. there's this thing called you sow what you reap. In Hindu, they call it karma. Yeah. It's exactly the same yeah. thing. So it's yeah, not necessarily sow, yeah. yeah, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. that God is causing things to happen. He's just created a system of perfection right. in the creation that when you do things, there yeah. are consequences. But those aren't things right. that he is imposing on you. Learn how the universe works, and he allowed us to learn it, you to bump up against the bumper rails of life. Right. You know, and we right. and we can actually take the yeah. bumper rails off and go way outside the lines and it's not him bringing consequences, it's just these are the consequences of right. what happens. And and you yeah. know what, how many times will I forgive you? Is it 7 times? No, 70 times 7, which is actually yeah. you know, if, you, infinite. if yeah. you get there, whatever that number is times that by 70. Cuz that's yeah. there is an yeah. infinite number. I'm not I'm here to train you in the way that you desire to create yourself to be in this world. Yeah. No, that's good. And I and so one of the things that I've found in in parenting that, that fits into that what I've had to learn that I've had to unlearn as well is that it's really about giving your kids an opportunity to learn just from natural consequences instead of, like you said, the imposed, all right, you get a spanking, you get this, that, or the other. It's like the more we can teach our kids, and it's especially easier with the older ones, is if you can help create an environment for them in which they have options and choices so that they run up against the consequences of their own choices, not against the, the, the apparent imposed fake things and so that's very true and that's what god does does like you said he sets up a system where there are consequences for our actions and you know if you jump off a really tall building guess what <laughs> gravity's gonna work yep you know but, <laughs> but god he, making you do you know, yeah but he yeah. doesn't stop you from doing it <laughs> that's right that's right the, the stove is hot because it's hot not because he's like punishing you no that's a very i like that perspective for yeah. sure for sure so let me ask you another question so uh one of the things i like to talk about is what i call the game of dad uh just a little analogy i like to say like in in the game of dad we do wins and losses and wins and losses are primarily have to do with uh, the building of the relationships with our kids. So that the long-term relationships with our, uh, with our kids that we want them to still be friends with us and things when we're, when they're grown and they don't, we don't want them to hate us. Right. Well, I, well I, let me uh, just, in the long run, since you put in the right at the end there, I just want to say that I'm not automatically agreeing with that statement. I'm totally fine. If any of my three kids want to hate me for the rest of their life and never want anything to do with me, if that's the way that they are bent and desire desire to go through this world, that is their choice. And I have no desire to contradict their free will of choice of their relationship with me. Okay, that's fair. But I I would also say that I have a desire I have a desire for them to love me. Right. But 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 I am not attached to that desire being fulfilled. Gotcha. But you're not going to do anything intentionally to 
damage oh, the relationship. No, I've hurt them. Absolutely not. Nothing intentionally. Right. But I may, right. I may, in my ego personality, if I get into a lower state of consciousness, do something right. that could unintentionally cause that. And I would still refuse right. to feel guilt or shame as a result of it. Okay. I may come to my senses, realize what I've done was inappropriate or harmful or hurtful or any of that thing. I may apologize and they may choose to not accept my apology. Right. And I, you, one, God will not be mocked. He created a perfect system of sowing and reaping and I will reap whatever I sow, including in these relationships. Right. And you're right. I wouldn't do it intentionally, but I'm not, right. I'm, I, as Cliff Ravenscraft, this ego which is distinctly different from who I truly am at my essence, which is a divine spiritual being having a human experience. But the ego of Cliff Ravenscraft very well could potentially do something, but I don't live in fear of that. Right. And so speaking of that ego side, that's kind of where I'm getting at is here here on the lower energy levels (laughs) where most of us spend our time, Cliff. I know in our conversations we talk about this. So the question is, is basically what, I know you probably wouldn't call them mistakes, but what? Uh, oh, I call them maybe mistakes. As you, no, I call them mistakes. Okay, as you've been I a call, parent, call as you've been a dad. Growth experiences or uh, investments in education, uh, advancements in my understanding <laughs> of the universe. Right. But yeah, so, called, I, I still use the language mistake. What would you say in raising your young adults? Uh, your young responsible adults would say some of the areas that you found challenging in your ego, maybe so, mistakes you've ways that you've not done it as well as maybe you could have. Well, back in, however you want to describe. Yeah, it. back in the day, <laughs> with Megan, our first child, she got the brunt of the unconscious version of Cliff Ravenscraft. I am who I am, and I am the programming, and I'm going to spew out everything that I brought in. Not everything, obviously. I'm, uh, I wasn't a drug yeah. addict or an alcoholic, but what I will tell you is that I was a very angry person. Megan, when she was young, I did spank, and uh, you know, and and I would say things very loudly so that she would know how angry and wrathful. Yeah. I am, and and hopefully that would put the fear into her. And so mm-hmm. that was a part of, it wasn't consistent. I wasn't an abusive father. I certainly didn't need to incorporate it. It wasn't even, you know, much like compared to what I had as a child. And and I, again, mm-hmm. I don't disparage my my parents for spanking me. I trust me, from that perspective, that worldview, it, it was an appropriate way to parent and discipline. Some For some people, it still is right. today. And I, I'm okay, you know? It, it, that was, yeah. trust yeah. me, that was not the most of my emotional scars from childhood. Right, right. <laughs> so, but the thing um, is, is so, you know, when I look back, do I wish to take it back? Absolutely not. I, if I could go back and erase right. all of that, no, it's, that's a part right. of the experience of, of life. But when, I, I don't know if it was just, it was probably just before or just after our son was born, somewhere along this path, we had, I had a wake up call. It's like, this is not mm-hmm. how I want to parent. This is not, I can't just be doing what I, I'm, I, this, this is just not it. And 
so we, I just completely shifted. Number one, I stopped the yelling and the anger. Not overnight, by the way. This is right. You intended to yeah. and, and worked I, toward it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so what happened was there was this one instance. I'll. I was. This was uh, probably two thousand eight or two. No, yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I'm sitting mm-hmm. down in my office. And my daughter, Megan, comes into my office and I said, hey, don't set your cu- don't bring a cup down here. You know, and it was a cup. I don't know if it was lemonade or whatever. She brought it in anyway. I've told her, I said, hey, will you please take that upstairs? She goes, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And so uh-huh. we're sitting uh-huh. there and then she knocks it over and spills it onto my laptop. And at the time, financially, uh-huh. we are like really yeah. just barely getting by. I mean, it's it's let's actually it, it at the time we were on food stamps i mean it, we the oh, first okay. year of yeah, our yeah. business so, we were on food stamps and for the first yeah. half of 2009 we were on food stamps i mean this is it was and so we but the business had paid for like this 1500 macbook laptop at the time it's uh, my main computer for my business now right. destroyed with whatever uh, liquid yeah, was in yeah. it and mm-hmm. if there's a mistake and and by the way, I don't have any guilt or shame associated with this today. I understand. Right. I, I completely understand and appreciate how that version of me had that response. But yeah. wow, did I lay into her? And I want to tell you, from that moment on, my relationship with my daughter Megan changed forever. She uh-huh. from that point forward. It, it she ceased to be the, the daddy's little girl and we have the best relationship on this planet kind of thing and and, yeah. and unintentionally unconsciously we grew apart you know mm. and and and, yeah. and i mean she's obviously i'm still in the house every day i'm still doing this and blah 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 but all of a sudden yeah. i have this very detached relationship and my, and this is at a time when she's starting to go through puberty yeah. and all this other stuff and I'm feeling really awkward about the girly things that that mm-hmm. I don't know anything about and all this other stuff and <laughs> and and, and, yeah. and I will tell you that actually put an incredibly powerful strain on our relationship father daughter I mean really mm-hmm. bad I I I felt like the world's worst dad for probably mm-hmm. if I had to guess for probably 8 years 9 years Mm-hmm. And wow. yeah. so many times my wife would say, you know, Megan thinks you hate her. Mm. And I'm like, I, I don't understand that. How could she think that? It doesn't mm. she, well, it's how you how you speak to her. It's how you and mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm not it, no, it's 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 how you're not speaking to her. And I can't get it right. Mm. You know, and right, right. And, and it and again for me, it everything shifted. And I would say it all started to shift in 2000, June of 2016, when I was first introduced to some Tony Robbins materials, Creating Lasting Change, a 10-day mm-hmm. audio program. Yeah. And then Stephanie and I went to UPW, Unleash the Power Within, for the first time together as a couple. And from that point forward, that's when I was like way in deep on personal and professional development, understanding human psychology, understanding human behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, wow. This, I I want a different relationship. And from then, now today, having the most incredible relationship with my daughter. But I'm mm, incredibly yeah. thankful that she chose to accept that because, right. yeah. quite frankly, 
there there would have been enough trauma introduced into our relationship that if she chose to, she could want to never have anything to do with me as her father. Yeah. And I yeah. would understand and I would respect and I would appreciate it and I would have, as ego personality Cliff Ravenscraft, would have, quote unquote, deserved it. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. by the grace of God in her, she extended that grace to me and we have an incredibly powerful relationship today. And That's great. I have less of those kinds of stories with Matthew and I can't think of any that I've had with our youngest but I did have yeah. one with my son, and this was again still way before I started studying the Tony Robbins things. But there was mm-hmm. a situ there was a situation where he did something, and it cost us some financial harm. And I was very angry. First time I yelled in a long time as a parent, and I said things like, "You mm-hmm. know, you don't know what you did," and blah blah blah. You don't you don't respect me. And I got really it's like ooh, and and afterwards, mm-hmm. ah. and then. I'm like, okay, this will never happen again until it happened again. The same exact Mm -hmm. thing. And then I went really off. And I said some things to him that knowing what I know now about hypnosis, about the power of suggestion and how it turns into what's called auto-suggestion and becomes a part of your identity, I said things to him that could potentially ruin his life for the entire rest of his time on this planet. Wow. And I didn't know it then. I only knew it. Mm -hmm. I've only learned about it since 2016. So from 2016 through today, 2023, I've learned all of this stuff that I've learned. I'm like, wow. Thankfully, I learned it at a time where I've been able to go back and I've been able to sit down and have conversations with him and undo the wiring of those statements that had been planted. I don't know though, because I still know enough to know about how deep that can go. And those words that I spoke to him could still get triggered at some point in the future. And I just recognized that. And it's like, wow, that was a mistake. You know what? The thing is though, is do I, how can I say that I've had these experiences and I experienced no guilt and no shame? Because I love myself. I asked for forgiveness for what I've done for myself. I've asked him for forgiveness. I've asked God for forgiveness. I've received forgiveness. I've been Mm -hmm. pardoned. Grace has been extended. Why relive that hell over and over and over again? Right. So I get that. So so for me, it's like, listen, this this is in the past and it's a part of his story. It's a part of my story that you can't go back and erase it like that. You can go back and heal it, though. And there are there are strategies, techniques and tools for that. But so far, there doesn't seem to be anything on the surface so far in his life that that's there. I'm on the lookout for the potential dangers of that yeah. coded information surfacing mm-hmm. in the future. And if I'm alive and I'm able to witness that, if it ever does occur, I hope that I'll have the opportunity. But if not, I trust that the, the same way, trust me, I've had some hard-coded stuff from my past, from both uh, of my yeah. dads, that yeah. I've since processed and healed from, and they had yeah. no part in it. So I yeah. trust God is never caught off guard. He loves us unconditionally. Yep. I believe as divine spiritual beings, as we all are, we are 
never been separated from him, and he's always there leading us and guiding us through life, through all of these experiences that he knew were going to be a part before we ever came here. Yeah. No, and that's that's truly like I, I think about those things for sure. And I thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that I am a different person today than I was when my first son was born. And I'm gonna be a different person when my youngest is thirteen. He's certainly he's currently about to turn three. And it's like just like you, you know, I, I did the same kind of thing when my young my oldest was young. And I know that probably made damages, honestly, like you said, the hard coding into his psyche that I can't change. I can't fix. I can try to heal as I'm being healed personally. Some of the things you're helping me with, but no, it's, it's a good perspective. There, there is no condemnation like it yep. says in Romans and that, that nothing can separate us from it. And God, and the thing of this is one thing I've learned that I've thought about too, is that how each of us has our own path to walk right? You know, they may be our offspring and we have some influence on that and we have some responsibility there for a time for sure. But at the end of the day, each one of us has our own path to walk and it's a path with God in the lead, not dad, not mom. They can't fix it. There's only one that can fix it. And uh, at some point in time, whatever damage our parents might've done, they're not, they're not going to be held accountable. They're not condemned for it it's still my journey with God. That's the one he knew I was going to well, have the, well, the thing from the is, beginning. You know? Yeah, they're not condemned for it. And, and the, as I, I, th- I think about this from my old perspective of of that, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, we wait until judgment day, you'll see. But then the yeah, other right, thing, right. The, the truth that I believe today is that the essence and the true identity of my children are as divine spiritual beings, their souls have Mm -hmm. never been impacted by what happens in this material world. It's only the Uh ego and its ability to navigate through this world. It's Mm -hmm. it's who my kids think they are that is experiencing the suffering of those experiences. But once released from the physical form and its associated stored memories in the brain, it eventually uh-huh. dissolves back into spirit oneness with the father and the realization that that experience was nothing more than, oh my gosh, I just woke up. I, th- that was the craziest dream. It that was a life, dream. That yeah. life that we just had. Yeah, yeah. Reading it, reading yeah. it. <laughs> he just, by the way, he just held up the book, The Fifth I'm Agreement by Don I'm Miguel in, Ruiz. I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, it's some heavy stuff, but it... it, it yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> we'll have our coaching call next week. But uh, so Cliff, I, I definitely appreciate you uh, being on the podcast. I just have one more question for sure. you because we have run certainly l- longer than uh, anticipated, but I kind of knew that would happen with you. You're, you're not one that's short on words for sure, but you say great things. And I appreciate you being open on here with me. So We've kind of covered some of the things you did right, and so we won't cover that again. You've done some good things with your kids, especially I think the the, the perspective of I'm raising young adults. I'm not raising kids. I really, really like that. So now that you have grown kids, your kids are all effectively grown. You're done raising them for the most part. I would, you know, I'd say they're they're now on their own. What advice would you have? for other dads, like for myself, for others that are like in that younger stage and, you know, behind where you're at, like maybe some uh, 
short advice that you have for us. The, the thing is, is get very clear about who you are in this world. And if you have anger, shame, fear, guilt, a lot of anxiety, worry, doubt, mm -hmm. work on you. Mm, and if yeah. you can get yourself out of those lower levels of consciousness, outside of living in that way of being, that state of being, that, that emotional states of or those emotional states of being, if you can get yourself out of there, your entire mm -hmm. energy of your body and being in this world will call forth out of your children a completely different experience. But here's what I want you to know. I am a huge believer in this thing called the law of attraction, that everything mm -hmm. is energy, everything vibrates at a frequency, and lower states of consciousness or lower emotional states such as fear, anger, anxiety, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, all of this stuff, these things put out an energetic frequency that attracts all of that out of your children, your spouse, your coworkers, your boss, your clients, if you're a business owner, everything. And mm -hmm. and God will not be mocked, uh, will not be mocked. You will reap, you will attract into your life the experiences and thoughts and and environments that you are energetically projecting out into the world. So if you want to see your children elevate their positive aspects and attributes, first, you must change your own elevation of your emotional states. When you are able to raise yourself up to resurrect that mind of Christ within you, you will then call forth from everything around you, including your children, a whole new experience. Mm. Thank you for that, Cliff. I, and I, I believe that for sure, because I've experienced portions of that so far. Definitely. Definitely the, the lower energy levels and seeing that like basically the mood of dad turns into the mood of the house. You're right. And uh, if it can work the other way too. So very cool. Awesome, Cliff. Well, I definitely appreciate you being on the podcast with me and for sharing these things uh, with uh, with my audience and with me. I look forward to our next coaching session. Any final words you want to say before I close it up? Final words. Just thank you for this opportunity. And after you end the recording on yours, do you mind if we continue to talk for just a few more minutes? And I want to ask sure you for can. permission to include this conversation as an episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Oh, you absolutely can. And awesome. uh, yeah, when we stop the recording, we'll, we'll hang out for a little, little All right. bit. So. Awesome. Thank but. you for having me. Recording stopped. So we're still recording for the Cliff Ravenscraft show at this point, and I'll just record an intro for it. But oh, um, okay. real quickly, before we go, there because this conversation, I, there are things that I've shared here that I've not recorded in any content ever yeah. before. And I just wanted okay. to wrap the episode by telling, this is Daniel Whitworth, and give a plug for your podcast and what oh, yeah. you're most about excited about in this world. Okay. So yeah, my podcast is uh, simply called Dad of Ages. You can find it anywhere. Still not 100% sure what I'm doing with it, but I want to reach other dads. I am a dad of six kids of various ages. That's kind of the, the idea of Dad of Ages. And uh, 
You can also find me at dadofages.com. I think what I'm most excited about, and that's a good question, Cliff, because I often don't think about that. <laughs> what am I most excited about in life? I'm excited about the opportunities that, that I feel that God keeps throwing at me. You know, we've recently had a, a big door shut, but it also just means that that means there are more opportunities coming. And I, I can look back on the last just couple years and be like, wow, I had no idea, no conception that I would be where I'm at today. And so who knows, <laughs> who knows what awesome place I'm going to be just a year or two from now because of the changes that I'm making in me with a lot of help from you. So that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. And you are married to your wife, Nicole. You said you have six children. How long have you and Nicole been married? We've been married a little over 18 years. And yeah, we have six kiddos, ages 13 down to two, but they're all about to age up in the next month. They're all going to they all have birthdays basically in April and in May. And you guys <laughs> so, homeschool uh, your children and your business owners. We do. Tell us about the business. Yeah, so we homes yeah, we homeschool our kids and we do uh, run an online business. My wife is a uh, nurse or uh, more accurately a nursing school tutor professionally for about 10 years now and we run an online business tutoring nursing students all over the country. It's yournursingtutor.com. We've been doing that. I honestly, we've been doing that for about 10 years, but we actually got involved with Shane Sams and Flip Lifestyle, and he helped coach us to make it a full time income for us. And we also have another business that we're like kind of pseudo doing a form of business coaching and whatnot. It's called For Business or Worse. Dot com And that's, we don't do a lot with it, but we do offer online business coaching for people that are interested in that sort of thing. So, nice. Yeah. Awesome. And you and I met as a result of my relationship with Shane Sands. He invited me to come do a mm -hmm. workshop online about how to achieve any goal. Yeah. You and Nicole and a bunch of other people I've been privileged to meet and work with since then found me through that. And then yeah. I think you both went through the Free the Dream online course. Is that correct? We did. Yeah, we both went. So after that workshop, we both signed up for the Free the Dream online. And we actually went through it like we got a hotel room for a night and had a babysitter where we just like went through that together without any distractions. And then, uh, yeah, and it was awesome. By the way, that's at <laughs> so. freethedreamcourse.com. Let me ask you, you, so you went and got a hotel. It, it's one of the things I even yeah. recommend. It's like, listen, if you can go away and find a space and just go through this for a weekend, it'd be awesome. So what was your experience, the two of you going through that? What, what I mean, there are it, seven it or great. eight sessions, actually eight sessions that you went through. What was the experience? It was really, really good. We, you know, we, we, we would do a session and then like take a little break and talk about it and everything and really... I, I loved, you know, one of the things you talked about in that, I don't know if you still do, but like how you quit sugar for a long time and just the, the way you describe how we can change our way of thinking about things, how we can like the, the awareness and what was the specific thing that I'm trying to think of? I just loved the way you showed how you can take control of your emotions. That's what it was, how your emotions don't have to control you, that you can choose intentionally and there's practices you can put into place to help you with that that was kind of just mind-blowing to me this idea that like you know you really can have mind over matter like you actually, you actually can yeah you <laughs> so, could definitely do it yeah. i love it so you went through that and then our other experience is that through that i noticed that you guys had finished the course because i get notification every time somebody finishes one yep. of the videos and i could yep. see you guys are chugging right through it so i reached out to you guys we did 
and uh-huh. ended up having one-on-one coaching sessions with both you and Nicole. I used something called the Prosperous Coach Method for creating clients. Yeah. So I offered you each two complimentary 90-minute one-on-one sessions, and you yeah. and I really resonated at a pretty deep level, and you've agreed to work we with did. me for one full year. Just yeah. selfishly, what, what would you say to anybody who's thinking about hiring me as a coach? Is it is it a worthy investment? It definitely is. I, I think it also... It does depend on who you are and what you're looking for. I do believe. I mean, you have a, a, a specific kind of way you're going about things. And I think you and I resonate in a lot of, we have a lot of similar backgrounds from my time in life and just what I'm trying to uh, achieve, especially with my own noggin and my emotions and everything and trying to be a better dad. I would say you're definitely a huge help for anyone going through like a major transition in their life, you know, identity crisis, those kinds of things. And so yeah, for anyone out there that if you're listening and you you just need to figure out how to get to that next level in your own head, <laughs> in your own head to get at, get your own stuff out of the way so that you can achieve the things that you want to achieve without all those limiting beliefs and emotional roadblocks getting in the way. Cliff is the guy to help you do that for That's sure. So awesome. Thank you so much. And then the last thing <laughs> is, is that, so Daniel and I are meeting face to face in two weeks yes. from the recording of this episode. He's coming to the free, the dream workshop. He's got a VIP yep. ticket. He is coming for the full two days of the workshop, plus the bonus day of mastermind guys. If you are yep. interested Come meet Daniel, if you're hearing this within the time frame, come meet <laughs> right. Daniel at freethedreamworkshop.com. Get your ticket today. And if you don't make it to the first one here in April of 2023, you're listening to this weeks later, months later, years later, and yes, I'm even saying decades later, just head over to <laughs> freethedreamworkshop.com or cliffravenscraft.com. All of the ways that we can work together are there. Daniel, thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your show. And more than anything, thank you for pulling out of me the incredible stories that that I felt inspired and led to share in this content because I believe my audience needs to hear this and, and they would not have had heard these things in this episode had it not been for you. So I am incredibly Absolutely. thankful to you. Yeah, and thank you uh, for my end as well for agreeing to do this and just for you know, the relationship we've we've developed so far and the help you've given me and stuff. So I look forward to much more of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Freethedreamworkshop.com, freethedreamcourse.com, cliffravenscraft.com. Let's work together. We'll help you take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and man.